I'm Jennifer Delacuadri, and this is the Raising Happy Teens podcast, where you learn how to successfully guide your teenager into adulthood without losing your sanity in the process. Let's do this. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode, I'm kind of freeforming it because it's on a topic that I know a lot about. Um, just through personal experience, raising my own kids and everything, and that is anxiety. Um, So today I'm going to be talking about four essential steps, parts. I haven't really figured out the name of this podcast episode yet, but there's four things that I'm going to be talking about that are necessary in helping your teen manage their anxiety. So before I get started on that, uh, one of the reasons why I know so much about it is not just that I have struggled with anxiety myself. I feel like I have had more manageable anxiety, but it's gone up and down throughout my life. I've found tools like meditation and yoga that really help me with my anxiety. But the reason why I know so much about it is through being a mom. My daughter has been anxious since the day she was born. (laughs) Um, And I have learned a lot through helping her. And of course, I started with the tools that work for me. That's what you do as a parent. You use the tools that you know work for you. And then if that doesn't work, you look to experts. And if you're looking to me as an expert, you're in the right place because I know a lot and have had a lot of experience with how to help your teenager with anxiety. So these are the four steps that will really help you help your teen. And the way I'm going to describe it is kind of in a general sense, because anxiety isn't necessarily specific to your teen. So when I'm talking about the steps to managing anxiety, there's a fly in my closet, or I should say my recording studio, and it just flew in my face. So (laughs) Sorry about that. Okay, back to the topic. What I'm going to be talking about is just anxiety in general. Apply it to yourself, apply it to your teen, whatever you feel like is appropriate for you. So, the first thing to do when it comes to managing and, and really controlling the level of anxiety is to first understand it, make friends with it right? Like link arm in arm with your anxiety and be like, hey, buddy, you're here with me again. I see you. Understand what causes anxiety. You can understand the science behind it. You can understand where it comes from, but really just know what anxiety is in your body. Know your triggers. Know the things that cause you to feel anxious. That way you can be better prepared for them. Not avoid them, and we'll get to that, but be better prepared and like not be surprised when it comes up, right? So you and anxiety, you can even name your anxiety and be like, hey, this is my friend, Sarah. Sorry, Sarah, if this is your name, Sarah. This is Sarah, my buddy. She's here. She's visiting, right? I see you. Come on, let's let's go do this together, right? Because when you try to push it away and try to pretend like it's not there, it's not going to go away. It's just going to be there and be like pestering you more like, hey, hey, I'm here. (laughs) So first, understand it. Know what it is. Make friends with it. Know your triggers, right? So you can just 
hold on and go for the ride, right? The second one is get yourself an anxiety tool belt. There are so many things that will help with anxiety. Everybody always says, you know, just take a few deep breaths. Yeah, that's helpful, but it's not going to alleviate deep embedded anxiety, unfortunately, right? No amount of meditation, no amount of deep breathing is going to help you feel less anxious when you're in a full-blown panic attack, right? But if you have a tool belt, it can help dial down the severity. So things that can really help are obviously mindfulness techniques and such, relaxation techniques, guided visualization, mantras, there's tapping, there's restorative and yin yoga. Anything that calms the central nervous system will help calm your feelings of anxiety. So if you do them regularly, I know I've mentioned this in my past anxiety podcast, having it be a regular practice is what's going to make the biggest impact. But again, have a tool belt. Same thing for your teen. What works for you may not work for them, but expose them to it, expose yourself to different things and figure out what works for you. And different types of anxiety may call for different types of tools. If you're just feeling a low level of anxiety, maybe taking a quick little lay down meditation will get you through it. If you're feeling more panicky, maybe getting up and moving around, right? Like the more you know, the more tools that you have, the easier it will be for you to figure out what works for you. And also remember, Anything that gets you to focus on the present moment, that doesn't have to be a meditation. It can be playing music, doing art, dancing, crafting, doing a puzzle, right? Like hanging out with your friends, getting into the state of flow, right? Where you lose track of time. You forget what's going on around you because you're so immersed in what's going on. I always like to look at it as though anxiety is worry about the future. Depression comes from things in the past and then peace is in the present. So the more you're in the present, the less anxiety will come to you, the less of an impact it will have. Number three, and this is a big one. As I go through, these are like the most important things I'm The more I talk about, the more important they are, right? The bigger impact they have. So number three is a big one. Pay attention to your thoughts. So the things that are causing you to feel anxious are the thoughts that you're having. We have 60,000 thoughts a day. Most of them are just repeat thoughts that we think over and over out of habit. And so if you have a lot of anxiety... The thoughts that you're having are what I like to call worry thoughts. And if most of your thoughts are worry thoughts, of course you're going to feel anxious. And the more you think it, the more anxious you'll get. So thoughts like, what if I can't do it? What if people are going to laugh at me? What if people make fun of me? All of those cause a lot of anxiety. And unless you address it, it's just going to run the show. 
So paying attention to those thoughts can be just noticing. But well, really, the more impactful way is to have your teen journal about it or journal about it. Because when you just pay attention to the thought, you're not really giving your, yourself a chance to evaluate it. You're more like thinking it over and being like, oh, hey, I see you. That's really the first thing is noticing the thought, but really getting it out there. So getting a piece of paper and just saying, what am I worried about? Or what's making me feel anxious? Or even simpler yet is, what am I thinking? Just keeping it open and broad. What am I thinking? And then those worry thoughts will kind of get flushed out. And once they're out there on paper, you can look back at them and evaluate. How true are they really? How likely are they really? And most anxious people tend to overestimate the likelihood of danger and underestimate their ability to cope. That's why they're feeling so anxious. So take the thought, they're all going to make fun of me, right? That's like the epitome of social anxiety. They're all going to make fun of me or they're all going to laugh at me. How likely is that really to happen? Their anxiety will tell them it's 100% likely. Everyone will be laughing at me. That's why I'm feeling so anxious. But the evaluation has been created from fear. The way they can talk back to their anxiety is to create what's called a bridge thought. Something that's equally true, but not as anxiety provoking. So they will make fun of me becomes, I'm open to the idea that they won't make fun of me. Or create an and statement. Someone might make fun of me and I will be okay. So starting with the anxious fear, evaluating it, how true is it really, and then balancing it, morphing it into something that is less anxiety provoking. It all starts with the thoughts. Now, number four is by far the most impactful thing. And I'm speaking from my experience again as a mom. The thing that will really get you out of that anxious feeling is to face the fears. So, for example, like thinking about your teenager. When your teenager has anxiety, their world begins to shrink. The more they avoid things that make them feel anxious, the more anxious they will become. It's crazy, but true. Like, I thought if I avoided these things that make me anxious, I'll feel less anxious. No, the exact opposite is true. By avoiding it, it becomes bigger. And until the thing that's making them anxious, eventually that thing turns into just fear of anxiety itself. Until anxiety is really just running the show. So let's say your teen is too anxious to order at a restaurant right? To say their order to the waiter. So they beg and plead, hey, order for me. I'm too nervous to do it. You order, you order. And you being the loving and supportive parent that you are, you help them out and you order. Maybe with some reluctance, but you order for them. Boom, the anxiety is gone. Then the next time you mention, hey, we're going to go to a restaurant, your teen will start to worry before you even get there. They may even ask in advance, hey, 
can you order for me again? I really don't want to do it. I'm so nervous. I don't want to do it. Right? And the more this happens, the more the belief that ordering food in a restaurant is scary and something I can't do will get integrated into their thoughts. Then it will start to spread to other things like situations, people, places. It just will grow because that belief that I can't handle this is just getting deeper and deeper until your teen doesn't even want to leave the house. Their social sphere slowly gets smaller and smaller and they're living in just this little box because everything's just too scary and their fear is running the show. So the best way to combat this is to expose them to the thing that makes them feel anxious. But start small. So when it comes back to this restaurant scenario, perhaps doing a role play at home, something that doesn't send them into a full-blown panic, but still makes them a bit nervous because they're thinking about it. And what will happen is they'll start to feel anxious, but instead of running and hiding, they can ride the wave. They'll have an opportunity to ride the wave because it's not this giant tsunami of anxiety. It's just a swell. And there will be a peak where they're feeling anxious, but then it will slowly dissipate. And when they learn that they can ride the wave of this anxiety, they realize, oh, wait, I'm not going to die from this anxiety because that's what their nervous system is telling them. Hey, you're not safe. That's why you need to run. But when they realize, okay, it's just a feeling that I'm actually trying to avoid. I'm not in any imminent danger when I order at a restaurant. It's just uncomfortable. The more they realize it's this wave that I need to ride and I will be okay, the less they'll try to avoid it because they know that that's all it is. It's just a feeling. Then over time, you can start to expand it to other things and make like a little hierarchy that will get them eventually to the hard thing, which is actually ordering in the restaurant. So have them do this over and over and over, the thing that's making them anxious, until it doesn't anymore. Starting with, say, that role play. It'll feel a little scary at first. The second time it'll be less scary. The third time it'll be less scary until eventually it's not scary at all. And then you step it up a notch, maybe calling a restaurant. It'll be scary at first, then less scary, then less scary, and then not scary at all. And then we, you know, move up from there. And the more they do this, the more they learn, oh, I can feel this feeling of anxiety and I'm still going to be okay. It's a feeling that's uncomfortable, but that I can handle it. And it can be so hard as a parent because you don't want to see your teenager or your child struggling. You want to help them. Like when they're sick, you want to comfort them and you want to give them support. But anxiety is different. It's not something that you should protect them from. In fact, if you do, you're sending a message that it's something that's scary and that whatever it is that they're avoiding is actually a bad thing and they should avoid it. Like, oh, well, you know, it's okay. You don't have to order from this waiter because I get it. That is really a scary thing. And it reaffirms it to their brain. So avoid reassuring them. Of course, love them, comfort them, support them, make sure that they have everything in place to work through this. 
But really, that's the main thing. The more they face these fears, the more they face the anxiety in a controlled and not so scary way, the less of a problem it will be. So start with those four things. Again, anxiety will always be something that comes up. It's okay. It's not a problem. But these four things will certainly help with that. And if you would like to go deeper with this, reach out to me, schedule a consultation. Let me know how I can support you and or your teenager with this. And thanks for tuning in. I will see you next week. If you liked this episode, I want to invite you to follow me on Instagram at jennifer.delaquadri, where you'll find more tips, inspiration, and connection to help you navigate this unique and sometimes challenging season of parenthood. I'll see you there.